Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 1, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 9, The Family Afterward, and we're on page 127, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Renee A., for the 12 Traditions, Esther F., and reading the trek, text are Martha Z and Craig F. The reference number for Sunday, special edition, September 30, 2018, is 11,979. That's 11979. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Renee A. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. This is Renee A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Have a great day. I pass. Thank you, Renee. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Esther S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion, We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 127, the first paragraph, the head of the house, um, reading through five paragraphs, ending with father is a bit balmy, and we will have comments on all. And I will ask um, Martha Z to begin reading. Good morning, KDF. Thank you for your loyal service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. The head of the house ought to remember that he's mainly to blame for what befell his home. He can scarcely square the account in his lifetime, but he must see the danger of over-concentration on financial success. Although financial recovery is on the way for many of us, we found we could not place money first. For us, material well-being always followed spiritual progress. It never proceeded. Since the home has suffered more than anything else, it is well that a man exert himself there. He's not likely to get far in any direction if he fails to show unselfishness and love under his own roof. 
We know there are difficult wives and families, but the man who's getting over alcoholism must remember he did much to make them so. As each member of a resentful family begins to see his shortcomings and admits them to the others, he lays a basis for helpful discussion. These family talks will be constructive if they can be carried on without heated argument, self-pity, self-justification, or resentful criticism. Little by little, mother and children will see they ask too much, and father will see he gives too little. Giving rather than getting will become the guiding principle. Assume, on the other hand, that father has, at the outset, a stirring spiritual experience. Overnight, as it were, he's a different man. He becomes a religious enthusiast. He's unable to focus on anything else. As soon as his sobriety begins to be taken as a matter of course, the family may look at their strange new dad with apprehension, then with irritation. There's talk about spiritual matters morning, noon, and night. He may demand that the family find God in a hurry or exhibit amazing indifference to them and say he's above worldly considerations. He may tell mother, who's been religious all her life, that she doesn't know what it's all about and that she'd better get his brand of spirituality while there's yet time. When father takes this tack, the family may react unfavorably. They may be jealous of the God who's stolen dad's affections. While grateful that he drinks no more, they may not like the idea that God has accomplished the miracle where they failed. They often forget father was beyond human aid. They may not see why their love and devotion did not straighten him out. That is not so spiritual after all, they say. If he means to right past wrongs, why all this concern for everyone in the world but his family? What about his talk that God will take care of them? They suspect father is a bit balmy. <laughs> Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, the first part where it says material well-being always followed spiritual progress. It never proceeded. Um, I definitely went on the spiritual tack. I uh, gratefully was not the breadwinner. So, um, and and it and it has proven that spiritual principles have solved all our problems. So I'm I'm very grateful. I kind of went that way, but I'm also grateful that that I wasn't tempted to go the other way. Um, then the next part, since the home has suffered more than anything else, it's well that a man exert himself there to show unselfishness and love under his own roof. And um, one of my favorite prayers in my family is the Step 9 prayer where it talks about show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. And I cannot tell you how many times I use that and how helpful it is. Um, because it's easy, I mean, it's very easy for us to go to our OE meetings and be loving and kind, and it's much more challenging um, when we're at home. And um, it says, but then it talks about difficult wives and families, and I'm very grateful that in my family that I'm at now that I have a relatively peaceful family, but in my family of origin, I and still to this day, my mom has always been very difficult. And I, before I really did this work, I really thought that I was loving, patient, and kind, and she was just a bitch. I honestly thought that. And when I really started looking at what I was doing, it really broke me open. And um, our relationship has been very different because of that, and I'm grateful for that. And um, then the last part, giving rather than getting, will become the guiding principle. I love that. I think about that all the time. And... Um, I was giving before recovery, but 
but in a, in a, in a more selfish way because these people were very connected to me. Um, but um, I, I think what that reminds me is, of is the prayer of St. Francis, and it talks about how, you know, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. And it's it's kind of interesting because with my mom uh, several years ago, I I was always trying to get her to understand me. I she absolutely to this day does not understand me. And but I I really heard God say to me, it's time for you to understand her now. And and it has really helped our relationship so tremendously. I guess the last part would be um, the part where it says. They often forget Father was beyond human aid, and I was absolutely beyond human aid. So grateful to have found recovery and that I have the human aid that I need today to live my life. Uh, thank you. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Martha. Okay, so just to recap, we're on page 127, the head of the house, reading through five paragraphs, ending with Father is a bit balmy. Who would like to share on those two paragraphs? Bruce H. Bruce Larry H. K. Larry K. Madeline R. Madeline R. Yvonne D. H. Yvonne D. H. Karen B. Karen B. I'm new to the program. Just want to introduce myself from Boston. Okay. Did you want to share on these paragraphs? Um, I'm just reading them for the first time, so I'm just going to listen. Thank you. Okay. Well, you can um, be welcomed at the end of the meeting. We have a newcomer greeter time. Okay. Oh, so I'm I sorry. Have... Thank you. No, no worries. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, I can take a couple more. Lynn D. in Canada. Okay, then. Okay, well, let's go with that. Ruth H., Larry K., Madeline R., Yvonne D. H., and Lynn D. Ruth H., please get us started. Oh, thank you so much. This is um, Ruth H., gratefully recovered in Connecticut. You know, these readings that um, in this chapter, which I'm so thrilled that we're reading through and studying the way we do on this meeting, um, they just keep reminding me that home is where I absolutely need to start and always be first um, to give unselfishly and lovingly. You know, it's still so easy for me to get caught up in my daily frustrations and to take that on out on those that are closest to me. You know, they're just such an easy target. But, you know, these readings keep reminding me that they've suffered the most because of my disease and, um, and that they need the most fr from me in my recovery. So, um, you know, for me, that's really what making living amends is all about. You know, it's, it's, um, it's taking that pause before I lash out at my husband or point out where he, his thinking is wrong or faulty um, or taking that pause again before I tell him I told you so or, you know, give him that look of I can't believe you said that or did that, you know, 
it was such a day of mixed emotions when um, we became empty nesters. You know, on one hand, we were so happy and proud of each of our sons as they launched into adulthood by by leaving the nest, leaving our home. But at the same time, um, sad that those chapters of raising them were behind us now. You know, and I realize now, wow, I made it even sadder for my husband because now he became my lone target. You know, he was the brunt of my jokes and my ranting and my displeasures and frustrations. I could probably go on and on and on. Um, But as a recovered compulsive eater, I get to make these living amends, you know, um, and treat him well instead of, of the way I did before. I can give him the love unselfishly that he so deserves, you know, and only take that pause sometimes more than one second, two or three, to get me reconnected to God, you know, the, what these steps have taught me to do. Stay connected to him because he is the only one who can make and enable me to really be the loving, supportive, um, um, unselfish spouse that I was meant to be. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Ruth. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Madeline R. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. Larry Kay, uh, recovered. You know, I have to extrapolate this. Um, I'm, I'm not a father. I, well, I am a father. I'm not a uh, husband. <laughs> and so there is no mother, um, you know, day to day in my in my household. So I'm going to extrapolate this. I'm going to extend this beyond to my greater family. And, you know, the truth of, the truth of the matter is that Nobody else in my, I I come from a sizable family. Nobody else is working this program of action, and that's okay. That's okay. They, um, now, they all know that I do work this program, not because um, I come and throw my proverbial candy on the table, meaning, you know, showing everyone everything that I knew. Maybe I did that in the beginning years ago because I had started to lose weight and they wanted to know how, and I, I was so excited, excited and exuberant, you know, and, and, and it's not that way anymore. But nonetheless, you know, questions come up sometimes, and, uh, and I, I don't shy away from sharing that this is a spiritual program, you know, this 12-step. Most people have heard of a 12-step program. My family has. And they have their own perceptive lens in which they see what that is. There may be some accuracy. There may be some differences in how they see it. I know there was for me when I, when I had not been in program and thought about it. All people have heard of 12-step. Most people have from the movies, this and that. But I talk about, you know, I, I can't explain it. It's mysterious. It's not about science. Something happened to me by working these steps. I had to accept that I had an allergy of the body. I had to accept... Um, that when I took in these thin substances, they did something to me physically that amplified my desire for more. And I, and even when I wasn't picking them up, there was this mental twist that brought me back to it again and again. Now, they may have a different belief system about what that is. They may see biochemistry in there, and they may see, and maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. All I know is I work these steps, and it was the only thing that worked for me because I would have been dead today. There's no question, unequivocally. I believe I would have been dead today. And only by the grace of God, this higher power that I still don't understand completely, I don't think I'm capable as a human being of fully understanding 
the mystery of this higher power. But by God's grace, this higher power's grace, I've changed. If I'm delusional, and I'll entertain that idea, if I'm delusional, here's what my delusion looks like. I treat people better, generally. I try to be helpful, I serve, and I don't binge eat. That's some pretty powerful evidence of a spiritual transformation. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Madeline R., it's your turn, followed by Yvonne D.H. Madeline R., star one to unmute. Oh, thank you. I thought you called another name. Excuse me. Okay. Hi. No problem. I'm Mad- Thanks. I'm Madeline R., um, recovered compulsive eater, and um, I just love these paragraphs. I remember in the old days, in the 90s, uh, when the new literature was coming out for our program of, of Readers Anonymous, I was skeptical of the big book. I felt that it was old language, and I didn't understand it. And it was important for me to recognize that it is written in a way of the times, but it's not old language. It's very real today. And the other thing for me to always remember is that if the head of the household is mentioned, and for me, you know, in a a new, more modern home, uh, two of us were heads of the household, and that's we shared the work in the home and we shared our careers uh, in different areas, of course, but we shared supporting the household. There's still so much to see in here for me because as one of those people in this family, it was very simple for me to go back into the workplace full-blown. I felt better. I had energy. I stopped eating compulsively. I wasn't killing myself with food. At some points, I moved to another area where I was measuring every single thing and calling people when my food was wrong and not that, or if I made a mistake or had a question, not that those things are bad and not that I don't do much of that today. It just went to a very, very different extreme from binging to almost restriction. And so having to say, you know, having said that, the part that says, Although financial recovery is on the way for many of us, we found we could not place money first. For us, material well-being always followed spiritual progress. It never proceeded. Right there, it tells me if I am not taking time for my quiet time, if I am putting every single ounce of energy that I have into work, not taking care of my quiet time with God, not spending time at home and taking care of my home, There will never be any type of well-being, material, um, peace of mind, any of it. And through, when I look up the word balmy, I always think of the word balmy to mean um, kind of like a sultry day, very humid, damp, kind of a sweaty day. And I thought, like, what was meant by balmy? And I always have to read this book with a um, Webster's Dictionary, or now many online Webster Dictionaries, whatever we say. I even have the little big book dictionary. Balmy can mean like cuckoo, crazy, eccentric, um, you know, nutsy. And yeah, I would think that my husband could call me that on many, many occasions. Um, My spiritual life has gotten a lot greater just as my career life had as well. I mean, I can run from one addiction to the other. It's important for me to remember that. So that's my time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Madeline. 
and Lynn D. I mean Yvonne D. H. You're up, followed by Lynn D. Thank you so much, and thank you everybody for sharing. Um, great topic today. Um, I'm Yvonne, a compulsive overeater, abstinent for today, grateful, and calling from Germany. Um, I don't have a family of my own here. I have a huge family, siblings and nephews and nieces, but I have a companion. I've had a companion for 30 years now, and one of my strongest egocentric thinking, ways of thinking, is to think that I have to get uh, reading talks about giving rather than uh, get uh, giving rather than getting. And this is something I somehow did, haven't learned yet. Always continued uh, expecting people, not only my companion, but special, especially him, but also people in my job. I work with people. I teach adults and <laughs> instead of thinking that I'm in service I, I expect them to give me to give me their happiness their gratefulness and everything I I need as an egocentric person and this is becoming very clear to me so this being gentle and kind to the family I need to put that in first place for my my companion, my 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 job. My people are my my family, my big family, brothers and sisters in God. We're all children of God. So this is a very new attitude I need and I want to have for just for today. Um, um, that's one part which I is getting very clear to me. And the other, and um, the first time I, I I heard and I read the Saint Francis uh, prayer many many years ago, I thought, wow, this is what I need. This is what I need. I could feel it, and um, so I need to take that again. I want to take it again to my meditation prayer and meditation in the morning, which is very important for me. I don't start any day without. Uh, without prayer and meditation. I really need that. I really need that. I've been in this program for many, many years, and I need this prayer and meditation every morning and every night before going to bed. And before opening my eyes, I start re- uh, praying the first three steps. And I add a lot of things, of my own things in these three steps, and that's okay. Um, so this is very important, got become very important to me. Um, to wrap up my share, the financial part has been of importance for me the la- during the last two years. I had to get rid of my debts. I have to had to get uh, my my finances in order, and I'm doing it. I'm accomplishing this. I'm ending with this Time. problem. Thank you so much. I wrap up, and I'm very grateful for my higher power to have this in order now too. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Yvonne. Okay, Lindy, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. This is Lindy um, in Canada, recovering um, from compulsive overeating. Um, I just a couple of things. First is, um, you know, the the piece that's 
stood out for me was the taking responsibility. Like prior to um, coming back into program, I was like this, you know, Tasmanian devil going through um, all my relationships and working with steps has, you know, step four is fundamental in seeing my part in things, which has made a huge difference. And working the program and reaching out to people um, makes such a difference in um, like recovered people to get a different perspective because I, I can't trust my own thoughts. And, uh, you know, making my connection with higher power so that it gets stronger so that I see um, his will for me in relationships is it it's really important right now because I'm trying to work through something um, with my partner and I reached out to somebody who has really strong recovery yesterday and I said you know I'm I'm praying about it and I you know so that I know higher powers will and um, they they said that's great but it sounds like you're the one doing all the talking you need to also take that quiet time to listen and it, you know really struck a chord because I you know as I said I keep saying that I'm I'm reaching out to higher power to you know get the answers but then I'm so distracted after that that if the answers are there I'm not hearing them so um because I can't manage relationships on my own. I need I need um, recovered people what, to help with that. I need higher powers, guidance with that. And um, because up until now, it was everyone else's fault. And that's just not true. And I need to figure out my part and how to um, move forward from here. Um, so thanks for um, your service. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lynn. Okay, if you just joined us, we are on page 127, the head of the house ought to remember, and we read five paragraphs ending with, Father is a bit balmy. Who else would like to share? Lisa Barbara B. Barbara, Barbara E. Lisa B, Russ M, Barbara E. Naomi B. Naomi, Harlan. Debbie S. S. Debbie S. Was that Pete? Pete B. Okay. Okay, Pete B. Okay, Nancy let's stop P. there. Oh. And we'll stop with Nancy. Okay, just one second. So I wrote very little. Let's see. Lisa Lisa B. Someone with an R. I'm sorry. Barbara E. Naomi B. Harlan G. Who was right after Lisa with an R name? Was it Roz? Ross M. Russ. Oh, right. Russ Sam, of course. I'm sorry. I could have looked a little harder and would have figured that out. And was missing one of the men. Okay. All right. See you later. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nancy, you're not muted. Okay. So we have Lisa B, Russ M, Barbara E, Naomi B, Harlan G, Debbie S, Pete B, and Nancy P. Hopefully we'll have time for all of you. Let's get started with Lisa B. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And every so often, I just like to clarify, I, I spell my name L-E-S-A. And um, this has been a very powerful reading. And as I was preparing my breakfast and listening to the shares, I really felt inspired to um, kind of share a different twist or light for me. 
So uh, my father is gone. He's passed on. My mother has passed on. And my brother has passed on. And, you know, I have a new pair of lenses today as a recovered person. I always saw things from a victim perspective and always very dark and how unfair and how unfairly treated I was. And I was never heard. I was never seen. I was never understood. And, you know, a miracle has been happening in my recovered state. And I'm getting new memories and new clarity of good memories, you know, of my parents and time with my brother. And I'm just seeing how from a very young age, the slant that I took was um, you owe me, you know, you owe me and that life isn't fair and I've never been understood. And I have been turning myself inside out, you know, trying to get people to understand me. So I just want to take a little side road here and share on where it says they often forget that father was beyond human aid. And I knew, I think intuitively from a young age that I was beyond human aid. And I've been seeking, you know, through various ways to try and get some freedom and recovered and spiritual help. And it wasn't until I really got into a 12-step program and found OA, A Vision for You, and AA, and met someone in whom the problem has been solved, that this is my roadmap. You know, this is where I have found the diamond in the rough, which is inside of me, you know, in my higher power. So I'm the one that must remember all the time that I'm beyond human aid. When I try and get other people to see that about me, I'm really giving away my strength and my power. I'm the one that needs to know that, the truth about who and what I am, and not get other people to see it. So back to my family, a good portion of my family that's no longer here, um, I'm able to make amends to them by being the person that I know they would have wanted me to be, the way they raised me to be. And um, it's it's such a joy, and to reflect on, the good aspects of them and the good aspects of my life. And I just wanted to share that. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. So I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa with an E. And now we have Russ M. Followed by Barbara E. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, my fellows. Russ M. Recovered. Compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Um, so, obviously, going through program, you realize how much damage you've done. And, you know, I, I, I battle that every day because sometimes I could get into the morbid reflection and and I, I feel bad. Like, I feel like it can defeat me sometimes, you know. Yet, I, you know, through the program, I, I'm learning I, I can be free and, and, and seeing God's hand in things, you know. I'm learning how to surrender, learning how to trust. Yet, I want my wife to see it. And I want my kids to see it. And, you know, I want them, to, want them to understand me. And I have to express myself. And I have to say, look, you know, the program may be good for you. Or, you know, you got to have more God in your life now. Now that I'm, you know, I'm so recovered and I'm so great at life now. And it's, it's a futile effort. You know, it causes more damage. You know, they're carrying resentments for years. And they can't help it because I did the damage. I hurt them. And I can't force them to see how I'm changing. I can't force them to live my way of life. It may not even be right, right for them. They may, my, you know, my wife and kids are probably stronger than me. You know, I need this program. Who am I with my ego to say that they need it? And the whole reading here just, you know, I, it, 
it just emphasized to me in my core that you have to live it. You know, I got to shut my mouth. I have to stop talking, which, you know, most people on this line know me. It's a hard thing to do for me. I have to live the program. I have to serve. You know, I have to just do it. Don't look for anything. You know, my ego is still there a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm out of the food, and that's awesome. It's great. But, you know, it doesn't work like that. You're not here to get credit. You're not here to be the valedictorian of OA. It doesn't work like that. I don't have to be the greatest here. And um, I just got to live the program. And that's what this keeps, you know, keeps showing me, that it's me. It's not anyone else. I can only do what I can do to recover and live this program humbly. You know, that's all. God will God will do the rest. God will handle all the other shit. You know. So that's basically what I got today. I really appreciate every everyone, and I hope you all have a great week and a great day. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ross M and Barbara E. You're up, followed by Naomi B. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. It is indeed Barbara E. from New Jersey. And what I, what always stuck out for me was material well-being followed spiritual progress. I changed that to marital well-being uh, and familial well-being followed spiritual progress. It was important to me to be loving and kind within the home. And I admit it's easier to be loving and unselfish and kind and tolerant outside the home. When I first came into the program, and it was two decades ago, I hoarded the program to me. I didn't want to talk about it with my family. I was fearful that they would indeed think I was balmy because I'd been on so many programs before. But here I was embracing a program that told me I had to find a spirituality I had to look for a power outside of myself. I did not want to explain that to them. Uh, I, it's very important for me not to be a religious zealot, and I never was, but I certainly was, became a proselytizer of the program of recovery. My, I had to stop myself. From, from wanting my family to embrace this program. It's certain, they certainly needed to follow their own path. Yesterday, had a lovely day. So many, so many prayers of gratitude for it. But I had to accept that my cousin asked me why I do this program. And she said she just doesn't get it. Why do I need to call in my food after two decades? Why do I go to all these meetings? What does spirituality and prayer have to do with it? I failed at trying to explain it to her, so I just backed off. It's not my job to explain it to her. She's perfectly happy where she is. She doesn't need the program. I would have liked her to understand it. I would have liked my family to. I took the time Finally, to explain to them why it was so important to me that I continue to take the phone calls, have the sponsors, be a faithful sponsor, and go on this program. I need it desperately. Bami, I may be, but 
grateful I am as well. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Naomi B., it's your turn. Hi, Followed by Harlan G. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for the service. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Oh, since the home has suffered more than anything else, it is well that a man exert himself there. He is not likely to get far in any direction if he fails to show unselfishness and love under his own roof. Wow. You know, when we go out into public, when we go out shopping, or when we go out and socialize with other people, we wear one face. Because, God forbid, if anybody out there would see what we really are like. Thank you, God, that's not the way it is today. What I am in the house, I am in outside. And it's because of this amazing program. As we are told over and over how we show, how we live this program is to recover, recover, recover. And a perfect example would be my daughter and son-in-law are going through some marital situations. I am keeping my mouth shut. I am here to support my daughter in any way I can. Normally, this would have driven me right into every, every pizza place around here in Philly. Everyone, hoagies, steaks, sandwiches, everything. It's not the case today. I go to God. And there is a God, and it is not me. And thank you, God, when I do have difficulties, I have this beautiful network of family around me that I can go to for help. God bless that 10th step. Oh, my gosh, that's saving my life. This program is saving my life. And the miracle is the food never enters into it. I just recently had my granddaughter, thank you, God, for a few days. And I was preparing food for her that it was like my go-to food. It was like working with cardboard. But more importantly, I was happy when she went home. But beside that, I've changed I've changed. My family's not changing. They're, they are the way they're supposed to be. But thank you, God, I am changing. I do my prayer and devotion every day. I sponsor. I have a sponsor. And I have this amazing network of people around me that understand me and don't judge me just the way I am. Acceptance, that's the other amazing word I'm living with. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Harlan G., you're up, followed by Debbie S. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for your service. Thank you to Team Monday for making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, where it's mercifully cooling off a little bit. The 24th of January, 1918, Lois Burnham marries Bill Wilson. Bill is Drafted into the Army in 1917. He's been in the service. He goes into Plattsburgh, New York. He has served cordials with alcohol in them. He forgets that his father blew up their marriage of it to his mother with his drinking. He forgets that Grandpa Wilson was a fall-down drunk until he had a spiritual experience on Mount Elias in Vermont. He forgets the warnings of his family, and for the next year until the 11th of 
uh, of November 1918, he's in the war. He's not home. He's in England. Sees the uh, sees the tombstone. And for the next 16 years, between 1918 and 1934, Lois Burnham Wilson spends every minute of her life trying to sober up Bill. Everything she could throw at him, she did to try to get him to sober up. When he was drinking in the city, they would move to the country. They had a place in Vermont. That's where she met Bill. When he would drink in the country, they'd move to the city. Ebby Thatcher, who she knew as a baby, as a toddler, and she knew as a drunk, comes to New York to 182 Clinton Street and sobers Bill up. Page 128. They may be jealous of a God who has stolen Dad's affection. While grateful that he drinks no more, they may not like the idea that God has accomplished a miracle where they failed. Ebby Thatcher? Really? He sobers up Bill? What? They tried everything possible, and Evie Thatcher comes along and sobers him up. Bill is speaking of spiritual matters day and night. Lois is sick of it. Bill is sitting home on the couch, drinking drunk for years while she goes to work to support the family. Now he talks incessantly of God. It wasn't an easy transition. It never is. But here's the reality of the situation. We have placed ourselves as addicts beyond human aid. And the love of another person, although it's valuable and wonderful, cannot sober us up, cannot make us put the food down. Only the steps can help us. We have an illness that only a spiritual awakening will conquer. And that's the bottom line. And that's never going to change. It's immutable. We have an illness which only a spiritual awakening will conquer. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Debbie S., you're up, followed by Pete B. Good morning. Thank you, Katie, for your service. This is actually Demi with an M.S. from Massachusetts. I really appreciate everyone's share this morning. Um, I've been thinking about my family, my husband and my son, and my actions towards them while I was in the food and their rightful uh, desire to stay away from me uh, when I could not think about them uh, clearly. Um, Today, as a recovered compulsive overeater, I am able to think about them more than I think about myself and think about what they actually need as opposed to what I want them to need or what I need from them. Uh, It's been extremely useful for me to do my 10th and 11th steps every night uh, to look in detail at what it is that I need to clean up, what it is that I'm doing 
where am I still holding on to resentment or fears or selfishness, dishonesty, and to be able to clean that up every night to talk with my higher power about what it is that I need to do to correct my actions and to see things rightly uh, has been such a gift for me. I cannot tell you how important that's been in my life. Um, My son has, my young adult son has his own addiction not related to food and it just becomes clearer to me every day that I need to deal with my addiction. I need to continue to keep myself clean. I need to continue to work my program. That's how I can be helpful to him. That is the most helpful thing is for me to work my program. I I appreciate my sponsor uh, and I appreciate this program every day. been very helpful to hear everybody on the phone this morning. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Demi. And Pete B., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Thank you, moderator. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Uh, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive reader, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm so glad that, this, that uh, our book has a chapter, The Family Afterward, right? Because... I, like this line, the fellowship of Readers Anonymous is not the family afterward, right? This is not the family. I always kind of chuckle inside when I have people refer to this as being their family. I mean, don't I, I, I would say, you know, I prior when I was actively compulsively overeating, my family took second fiddle. They were not a priority. When I drank, my family took second fiddle. They were far from a priority. And now I think they would be kind of jealous if I said, oh, well, now I have this new family and this new family is Overeaters Anonymous. And that's not what it is, right? Overeaters Anonymous has a primary purpose. That primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. That's the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous primary purpose. That's not my primary purpose. My primary purpose is to abstain from compulsively overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to be a father, to be a husband, to be a son, to be a brother, to be an employee. Those are my primary purposes. That's what our literature says, that a much more important demonstration of these principles lies before us in our homes, our occupations, and affairs. Right now, and I understand that there's a period of convalescing. There's a period where, you know, fortunately for me, when I first you know, enter recovery. I didn't, there was nobody left, right? So, so, you know, then I guess the fellowship could be my family, if you will, or um, a reasonable resemblance. So, you know, for a family, there certainly is a quite a bit of, a, uh, of incest going on if it is a family, but I digress. In any case, there, 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 was, a, there was a period of convalescing where I had to prioritize the activities of the fellowship and the, and the meetings of the fellowship. But you know, I you know, after becoming recovered, I can't, I can't, I can't say, well, this person's needs is more important than my family's needs, or my attention is more is is better off get, being given to the fellowship versus you know attending a a family function or being 
being a part of the family. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Like this isn't, this isn't supposed to be some secret society where we run around with our food scales and measuring cups and nudge, nudge and wink, wink the person next to us, right? It's about being a part of society, about being a good example of God's love, God's will, God's way of life. And I'm so grateful that, that you know, the, the, the authors of this book, you know, spelled out the things that we could be cautious about, the things, the way that things are supposed to be. And it's just sometimes troubling that I hear that, the, you know, this, the, these messages get distorted because it is such a great uh, uh, organization and a great group of individuals. But at the end of the day, you know, if you want to know how well I'm doing, you need to ask my wife and my children and my mom and my, and my uh, siblings. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, P. Okay, Nancy P., you're up. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Um, this um, reading today was wonderful for me to hear. I, um, I feel so much more connected. <laughs> Again, you know, I sort of drift in and out of feeling connected to um, God and Somebody else was saying about um, spiritual recovery, pre-material success or whatever. And I that really, when I listened to that in the reading, that really came home with me. Not so much about material, but about sort of life success. You know, our non-spiritual success is dependent, you know, is dependent on spiritual success. And, you know, I get to say, you know, as far as my family goes, the past um, 10 months, that I came into visit became, um, you know, abstinent from compulsive overeating. What a difference between the previous, you know, 30 years of my marriage when I took my, you know, then fiance to hear me speak at a meeting, you know, fast forward to now, like if you ask my husband what difference, he probably would just stare at you like a cat. But, um, but I can tell you that I feel a difference. And my, my kids, you know, I don't go around saying, How's it like with mom now? I don't say that, or I don't say to my husband, "Honey, what do you think? Are I doing well?" I don't do that. But I can say that um, in, in the past 24 hours, thumbnail sketch of my of my life, I had Excuse to. Excuse me, you know, Nancy. Yeah. You're you're kind of muffled and fading in and out. Oh, I don't know if you're sorry. moving around. Am I okay? No, I'm not. I'm sitting in my car. Okay. Um, can you you're hear me okay now? now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so, anyways, you know, in the past 24 hours. Um, I've had, you know, some situations that have been, you know, fear and, you know, amends and sort of like frustration and, and also joy and, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, I, um, all of it worked out and, you know, very, very well, very well. And, you know, I have a family situation, some people that I've shared with, one of my children is going through a really particularly tough time and, you know, I don't yell about it. Just because they're not doing what I want them to do, um, what I think is in their best interest, you know, I'm able to um, sit in, in that. And it's really, really, really uncomfortable. And I don't want it. When I was talking to someone on the phone last night, but guess what? That's what's on my plate today. So, you know, um, when my kids were little and they didn't want to eat their vegetables, I'd say choke them down. And um, this is where I have to be with my life right now, you know, in the, in the, with the part that's challenging. But on the other hand, you know, I've never felt like a more effective mom and a more loving wife and a better employee. And, you know, my boss sings my accolades. 
um, you know, he loves me. And, um, you know, that never, ever, you know, I used to have, you know, jobs that, you know, I'm sure we all know, you know, knocked down drag out fights with my bosses and was fired from more than one job. And, you know, I've been with this guy for 10 years. And, um, you know, he took me with him I'm... to a startup. Thank you. I'll wrap up. And so, you know, material success and, and emotional success and all that, it's all mine because I stay close to the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Well, thank you so much, um, Nancy P. And so thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, October 1st, is 11,980. That's 11980. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Craig F. Can I be heard? Yes. Okay, good. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless and keep you until then.